We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. I am excited to talk to you about the Transformative Leadership Summit that is coming up in a couple weeks, I guess, weeks now. Yeah, just a couple of weeks. And uh, today on the podcast, I have uh, David Smith, who is one of the people that's also going to be on the Transformative Leadership Summit. Also, I have Brian Edmister, Destry Brown, who you might remember from the uh, school district where the students investigated a new principal and then she resigned. He's the superintendent of that district, so pretty powerful stuff. Zaretta Hammond, Cindy Couchman, Kimberly Miles, Sylvia Denko, Katie Kinneman, and Amy Fast. And so that's just some of the people that are going to be part of the Transformative Leadership Summit. Please be sure to sign up for that at transformativeleadershipsummit.com. I am excited to be with David Smith today. He is the leader effectiveness specialist in the state of Utah. And so he works with principals all over the state and he has some radical ideas about how to adjust your school so that you have effective instructional leadership happening. And it's a great conversation. There are two parts of this one. And in the first one, we talk about what you can do with what you got and how you can do some delegation and make things happen. And then in the next one, we're going to talk about cultivating teacher leaders in your school. So I hope you enjoy this. And if you have not yet, at the end of this month is the Transformative Leadership Summit that will be happening at transformativeleadershipsummit.com. Please take a moment to go sign up for that. There is a link in the show notes and you are going to love it. We're going to talk about the school experience and different ways that you can improve that experience for students, for teachers, for you as a principal and for the parents and the community in your school as well. So, Please go to transformativeleadershipsummit.com to sign up for that. And thank you so much for listening to Transformative Principle. Here's my interview with David Smith. Welcome to Transformative Principle. Today, I am excited to have David Smith on the phone. He is the leadership specialist for the Utah State Office of Education. David, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. 
and welcome. Thank you, Jethro. It's great to be here. I am excited to uh, talk because I know you personally, and that's always fun when that happens. We used to be neighbors, and now we've moved on, and you're doing a different job than you were before, and now you're over the principles in the state of Utah. Can you talk a little bit about your background and then about what your current job is? Sure. Yeah, I um, I was in the, the uh, public school system and in schools, I'm still in the public school system, but I was in the public school system for 30 years, 10 years as a teacher, and 20 years as an elementary school principal in the Murray City School District in Utah. When I got to the end of 30 years, I thought, well, maybe I'll try something else. So I applied for and was hired at the Utah State Office of Education, which, by the way, is now called the Utah State Board of Education. They they don't, uh, we don't have an office. Anymore. Oh. We're part of the board. Good to know. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's an interesting change. And at first, I worked in the, the assessment section. I was assessment development coordinator, so I was in charge of developing all of the um, assessments for the state, worked with a bunch of specialists. Then I was elementary mathematics specialist for seven years and really, really enjoyed that. And then um, for the last uh, six to seven months, I've been working as leader effectiveness specialist. So, so that's, that's where I've come from. My, my bachelor's degree was in elementary education, actually, not even mathematics, and Spanish. I had a dual major and master's degree in educational administration and um, some post-master's kinds of things, but never went for the doctorate, which I should have done, in my opinion. That's an interesting thing. Tell me why you think you should have done that. Well, because the thing that I enjoy most in this position is working with principals. When I was the elementary math specialist, I ran a principal's math and science institute, uh, which then turned into the STEM Academy for all seven years that, that I was in that position. And so I would work annually with 25 to 40 elementary school principals, meet with them, for two-day sessions, three to five times during the course of the year, three to five two-day sessions, and we would talk about what it took to be a leader in mathematics and science in STEM subjects um, in their schools, how to, how to go about integrating STEM into the elementary curriculum, what good science instruction looks like, what good mathematics instruction looks like. And I just absolutely loved that, got great reviews. And so I realized that I really enjoy working with principals. And so if I had the doctorate, then I could go to a university and work in, in leader preparation programs. But, but I get to work with principals now, so, so that's a good thing too. But I really do wish I would have got the doctorate. Hey, 30 years in schools and then uh, seven as the math specialist. Probably I'm more than many of those with a doctorate. So I, I think that that is probably <laughs> you've got the wisdom and ability in spades. That's for sure. Well, I find when I talk with people with doctorates, that I can talk with them as peers. You know, I mean, that's like you said, it does come from the experience. Yeah. Just don't have the piece of paper. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's been a great career. I'm in my 40th year as an educator and probably looking at another year and a half, maybe two years, and then I'm going to hang it up and 
go do some other things. Cool. Well, that sounds very exciting. Could you talk a little bit about your work with principals now and how can we as principals with so many different burdens placed on us, how can we actually be effective at any of those things instead of being a jack of all trades and master of none? Right. Well, one of my main responsibilities is working with principals on evaluating and assessing teachers. But And I mean that in two different ways. And most of the time when we think about evaluating teachers, we're thinking about summative evaluation. You know, the judgment we give them at the end of the school year, which is, you know, you're, you're on this level, you know, and it goes into your permanent file and, and, you know, all of those kind of things. The kind of things that the teachers kind of dread because it really is a judgment. Yeah. What we've done in our state is that we have developed a system and a set of standards that are both formative and summative. And we really stress the formative side of teacher evaluation. And in order to have a formative side of teacher evaluation, principals have to spend time in classrooms doing observations and giving feedback to teachers and in essence becoming coaches with their teachers. You know, when I, when I was getting my degree as a, you know, as a principal at, you know, in educational administration, one of the things that they kept saying was, you can't both coach teachers and judge teachers. You can't do that. It, it just doesn't work. Well, I don't believe that anymore. I mean, you think about a coach on a team of any kind of a team, and they do both things. You know, they coach, they teach. They help people grow, and then they judge their talent. And the same thing, I think, can be true of principles. I think it's a different mindset. And what I call it is getting rid of the culture of judgment and going more with a culture of continuous improvement. In fact, what my personal position is, and this is bound, this is, um, (laughs) I can't think of the right word. This is what the literature says as well is that if in a final summative evaluation, the teacher is surprised, then the principal hasn't done his or her job because there should be this continuous improvement in this continuous conversation about growth. Now, a lot of people will say, well, is that really the principal's job? And if it is the principal's job, how do they go about doing that? And, and you know, I'm not saying that principals should take the place of, uh, coaches, because as a teacher coaches, because we know from the literature, again, the effect that teacher coaches can have in working with teachers. But having the principal be what I would call the lead learner in the school and the principal coach in the school lends that, that, that the principal's authority and their influence to the instructional climate in the school. And it makes the the principal become a part of the instructional climate in the school. Now, having said all of that, oh, but first I want to make one other point that that's one thing that a lot of principals lack is that we get so caught up in the day-to-day administration the administrivia, the discipline problems, the meetings with parents, the meetings with administration, the myriad kinds of paperwork that need to be done, the emails, all of those kind of things. 
we get so caught up in that that we're really not thinking that much about instruction and about learning and about students in our schools. And and we have to find ways of dealing with that. So your question was, how do we find the time to do that? Well, I think that there are several ways that, that can happen. And again, the literature, the research bears out that there are things that can be done. The 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 most successful model that's available out there, and, and of course this is this one requires money, is that you have an instructional leader, principal in the school, and then you have a business administrator in the school. Um, you have someone whose job it is to do the paperwork and to handle all the administrative details. So kind of a vice principal, but you know, kind of more than a vice principal. And I'm speaking in terms of elementary schools here. In a middle school or a junior high or a, or a high school where you have assistant principals, I think the, what the literature bears out is that there needs to be a more equitable arrangement of duties so that the principal doesn't just become kind of the, I don't know, the superintendent, if you will, and overseeing everything, but has that, well, of course, they still have to oversee everything, but has the opportunity to still be involved in the instruction in the school. Now, I'm not pretending that that's easy, but that that formal structure, that can really help if you've got that kind of a formal structure. I want to interrupt for just a second and state my experience in elementary schools has been that the business manager and even in the middle school, sometimes the business manager is essentially the head secretary. Right. And I, yeah. I don't think that that's probably a good place for that. That it, It's not. There needs to be somebody with a little bit more, there's not a good way to say this, but more education or responsibility or not to demean secretaries or anything like that, but someone who who has more the ability to have more responsibility placed upon them than we should be placing on secretaries. Gosh, I hope that came out all right. If there's any secretaries listening that yeah, no, are no, offended. I, Sorry. You know what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I agree with you completely. And I think and I think most secretaries would agree with you that they're asked to do things that are really outside of their skill set and would appreciate having someone else handle a lot of those kind of things. I think it needs to be someone who's a leader in the school. Um, and that, and again, this is what the research bears out, that if you have the opportunity of having a second administrator whose job it is to handle the business part of the, of the school, the budget, the physical plant, even some of the discipline, those kind of things, then the principal can focus on instruction, be kind of the dean of instruction, if you will, I, um, but still have the overall responsibility for the school. And so working closely with that, with that vice principal or assistant principal or whatever you call them, whose job it is to be that, that business administrator. And I'm not sure that, that even principals who do have assistant principals give them that kind of responsibility. I think that the principals still, at least in my experience and what I've seen in the literature, is that the principal still tends to hang on to those responsibilities and assigns other things to their assistants. 
And um, I think that needs to be the other way around. You know, I my experience also bears that out and that the principal is the one who's ultimately accountable. And what I found is that many principals are afraid to delegate the things that they should be delegating and think that they have to hold on to everything. And that's just not a good way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, Just a more equitable distribution of responsibilities. I mean, if you have people who are capable and who have been hired as administrators in the school, then I think we need to kind of uh, more trust their capabilities of being able to handle things and thus freeing up the, the principal to have that instructional impact in the school, which I think is, is the most important part of the principal's responsibility, but the part that gets pushed to the back because so many other things are taking their time. So what do you think about the idea of having the principal who may be better at the business stuff pushing the instruction to an assistant principal and freeing up that assistant principal to do that? Is that is that getting out of what the role of a principal really should be? Well, I think I think that the ideal is that the principal would be the instructional leader. If the principal feels like they have an assistant who can do that better, I, you know, I suppose that that model could work. I just think that the power of having the principal be the one who is in charge of instruction is just really. I mean, it's really amazing what happens because if the person who is in charge of that campus is the one who is intimately involved in instruction, it lends more of an aura of um, and a feeling of and a reality, actually, of, of that this is the business of the school and that the principal is totally invested in the school. Now, there are other models that can work where the, where the principal can still delegate some responsibilities and still be the instructional leader in the school. Like the next model that I was going to talk about is the teacher leadership model. That was a really great interview. I hope that you enjoyed that. And I hope you look forward to listening to it next week when we get more into how to have teacher leaders in your school and how to support them. So thank you so much for listening to Transformative Principal. And please be sure to check out the Transformative Leadership Summit at transformativeleadershipsummit.com. I hope to see you there. Transformative Principal is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcast for educators by educators. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com for more great podcasts. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. 
Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.